0: Hi friends, I'm Katie Brinkley and you're listening to Rocky Mountain Marketing. With nearly two decades helping business owners, consultants, and coaches with their digital marketing, I know that social media can be an incredible tool to grow your business when you know how to do it the right way. This week, I'm excited to sit down with my business bestie, Kendra Swalls, as we dive into some of the insights of growing our own business and some of the struggles we faced along the way. These monthly episodes are going to help guide you through the world of entrepreneurship. Let's dive in to today's episode.
1: All right, guys, welcome back to our business besties monthly episodes. I'm Kendra Swalls, and I'm here with my business bestie, Katie Brinkley. Hi, Katie.
0: Hey, Kendra. And for those that are watching us on the YouTube or checking out any social media clips. I am wearing an amazing jersey in this episode because (laughs) my lighting just would not work out unless I had this jersey on. So... For those of you listening to the podcast, you're going to have to go check us out on YouTube and see this awesome jersey that I have. The magical
1: jersey that for whatever reason has completely changed the lighting in your room. (laughs) It it,
0: it has completely changed my lighting. But one of the things that I love about these episodes, Kendra, is it allows us to kind of showcase a little bit of our entrepreneur journey. Some of the mistakes that we've made, some of the do-overs that we'd like to have. And some of the tricks and tips that we have found have helped us level up our businesses. So excited to join you on this month's Business Besties episode.
1: Yeah, well, I'm even more excited because hopefully soon in a few days, we'll get to do another one of these live together which is super exciting. You're actually traveling here to Dallas. So I'm excited to see you in person, in real life, and not just through a screen.
0: I know, I know. And this this is one of the things, we've talked about this on past episodes, about the connections that you can make online these days. I mean, I remember there there was a time not too long ago that I was at a Colorado Avalanche game with my uncle and there was something that said Zoom on the side of one of the, uh, of the, of the hockey rink, he said, what is Zoom? And I was like, oh, it's for like video conferencing. And nowadays everyone's heard of Zoom. Everyone's, you know, I mean like Skype kind of, but I mean like all of these possibilities ha- have happened because of the pandemic, people are more willing to make these connections through a screen and, you know, become best friends with somebody that lives in an entire different state than you. But I know one of the things I want to talk about in today's episode is something that you and I also uh, kind of were on different sides of the fence until recently. Now, (laughs) the conversation I want to talk about today is batching. Yes, batching your content. And one thing that you did that I did not do was batch your reels. You created uh, all of your reels and kind of saved them in a spot. But before we dive into too much into why you should batch, just why don't you explain really quick what batching is? And then we can kind of go down why you should schedule your content in batches. Yeah. So
1: batching your content just means that you are creating decent amount of content, a bulk of content all in one sitting. So instead of saying, like, I'm going to create a social media post, one post a day, every single day, you maybe sit down on Monday and you create your, all your content for that week. And it's not just for social media. Like, we'll talk a lot about social media batching today in this episode, but it can be done for email marketing, for blog content, video content, podcasting, you know, like what we're doing today. Like, you can batch content anywhere in your business that you're creating content and the benefit of it is that you can utilize times when you're most creative, times when you have a quiet workspace, times when, you know, maybe you have more time to focus on something or maybe it's when you have good lighting for recording videos so you record <laughs> them all right then or your hair and your makeup's finally done so you do it all right then. So instead of trying to do it one little piece per day or per week, you're doing it all at one time and it just helps to kind of save time and helps you to not have to worry so much every single day about, oh, what am I going to post today? What am I, gonna, I don't have anything done. It gives you a little bit of peace of mind.
0: Well, and it, exactly. It gives you peace of mind, but I definitely feel like for, for me, especially, it gives me the opportunity to enjoy social media again. I mean, I definitely, I batch my podcast. I, I batch my social media, but batching my social media is a huge game changer for me to actually go in and, enjoy using the platforms as a user. So I'm not just sitting there feeling like I'm a content creator, like running on the hamster wheel. So I have four steps to having a successful content batching system. And the very first one is creating your content pillars. I definitely feel like before you begin batching, having those defined content pillars make it so much easier for you to actually gets that I call it the skeleton kind of in place mm-hmm. yeah, um, the frame, you know, and then you can kind of go in and fill in the meat and all the good yeah. stuff so so talk to us about different content pillars that you currently use
1: so first of all, I want to like well, let's define what content pillars are. I think that it is basically the topics that you are going to be creating content around. so for example, with my content pillars, I have roughly five, you include my podcast because I have podcast topics and episodes. And then I talk a lot about like social media marketing, email marketing, branding and marketing in general, just kind of relationship marketing. And then there's also mom life. So I talk about like my behind the scenes. What is it like being a mompreneur? What is it like being you know, a business owner, entrepreneur, those kinds of things. So those are my basic content pillars. And then I can then create content Inside of each pillar and it helps to give me a nice, even though it's not like every Monday I post about social media and every Tuesday I'm posting about email marketing or whatever, but it gives me a nice framework or like you said, kind of a skeleton to go in and go, okay, I'm going to do one of each of these different pillars. And that way I know I'm going to have a good variety, a good mix of content. It keeps me from straying off. It keeps me from that shiny thing syndrome where it's like, oh, I saw somebody post this really cool, you know, meme the other day. Let me post that meme. Well, no, it doesn't fit in my pillars. So it doesn't need to, it can maybe go on my stories. That's fine but it helps me as an Enneagram 7 to stay focused and not get distracted and start posting about things that don't really fit into what my audience is looking for.
0: All of a sudden, you're posting a picture of what you had for breakfast. Wait a second. (laughs) How does that really align with mom life or anything? But (laughs) but that's the thing. When you sit down and create these content pillars, the, the themes really should be about, your business your industry or or your area of expertise and i always recommend kind of writing them down because when you're first getting started you can find yourself getting stuck into that rabbit hole of like okay well now i'm just going to do another tip or now i'm just going to do another you know current sale or go to the website for this reason so when you have these content pillars it makes it easy for you to See, like, okay, well, on Monday, I just posted um, a link to book a call with me. I probably shouldn't do that again that week, maybe move it to next Thursday or something. So that way, when you have all these different content pillars, you can get the idea of the skeleton. So you're not posting the same thing time after time after time. Now, when you're in the middle of a launch, that's an entirely different conversation that we will have on another episode. But defining those content pillars, I definitely feel is step one. Step two is taking a look at what your past posts have done. So really diving into your existing posts, what posts worked well and which ones kind of had a swing and a miss on. And it also works too for looking at competitors. I think looking at their past posts as to, what has worked well and what has kind of missed the mark on. So what
1: I'm curious hold on do you track that I mean other than looking into like your insights and seeing like okay the this posted really really well or this one meh, didn't do so well even though I thought it might do you like track those in any other way or like the competitor content how are you organizing
0: that So there there are tools out there um I know Agora Pulse has great social listening software I don't use Agora Pulse. Um, someday, I, I would like to move over to that to that system just for the social listening aspect. But there's a number of different softwares out there. I've talked about Flick numerous times, and one of the things that I like about Flick is that you can actually analyze all of your posts and all of your hashtags that have worked. So obviously, this is kind of more of an Instagram specific strategy, but. You can look at past hashtags that have worked. You can save like, so I'll save a lot of my competitors hashtags and I'll run reports on what hashtags have worked well for them. So that I can then go and incorporate them into some of my posts or some of my clients posts. Um, I think there's there's other apps out there. I think plan, there's an app called plan and it'll give you an idea of like the different content types that engage in. In, in excite your your audience the most but one of the things with this is you know it's more than just hashtags what time was the content released you know what what type of post did you so for me my po- my reels on monday night they do the best it's better than if i post a reel um on thursday at 9am now one of my competitors she posts her reels at 6am on mondays i've tried that my audience doesn't go for it so you have to really look at what has worked well for you. You can do that competitor analysis, but you know, once you kind of figure out, okay, reels, Monday night, you know, seven, seven between seven and nine p m, um that's when I need to push out my reel. I'm not going to be posting a, a carousel post or a, a single image on those Monday nights. I know that reels are the best thing to use. So looking at what's worked well in the past, and I mean, you can you can still go back and look like was it a video? Was it a graphic? Was it a carousel? And kind of tweak your content based on that. But again, like Kendra, you you do a ton of reels. So, I mean, I would be looking at, okay, this reel got 10,000 views at Tuesday at 3 p.m. This reel was at 1 p.m. on Tuesday and it kind of tanked. Was it the audio? Was it the hashtags? And that's where you can kind of do that direct analysis of looking at, okay, I'm going to use the exact same hashtags that I use for the 1pm reel, post this reel at 3pm and see what happens. And you can kind of base it, you know, do that, that comparison off of that. It kind of sounds like a lot, but really it's only one month of really diving into the analytics.
1: Well, and this is where like, I think it's fun because it becomes a little bit of like a puzzle to solve is like the example you gave up. Okay. You post a reel at would you say 3 p.m. on a Tuesday and it does really well, but you posted one the following week at 1 p.m. because maybe you were not available at 3 p.m. to engage or whatever, and it tanks. You could easily say, okay, it was the timing, but there's so many other factors. It's the content, it's the audio, it's the caption, it's, you know, did you share it to stories? Did you not? You know, there's so many different factors that it's kind of fun to play with. And this is Mm -hmm. another thing that I like to do is I like to go back through my old content. Like you were saying, like, go back and look at what's done well. But then sometimes I'll take the ones that either did well, or even the ones that didn't do well. And I'm like, well, maybe if I present it in a different way. And so if I take something that was maybe just a static image post, and I'm like, this had a really good message to it, but it just didn't get a whole lot of reach. And then I will use that same idea, but in a different format, whether it's a carousel or a reel or something like that. And so just because something didn't perform well, I don't want you to like throw the baby out with the bathwater. Like I want you yeah. to also look and go, okay, what parts of this do I still think my audience needs? And just how can I tweak a few things so that maybe it gets the love that it really deserves?
0: For sure. And I think, you know, this is where having, uh, you know, somebody on your team that's really looking at the insights for your social media can make a difference because I I definitely, I mean, it's, obviously, like I work in social media, but at at the same time, I think that when you're just pushing out content after content, you're like, I'm not getting any leads. Well, why? Because is it, is it what you're pushing out? Is it because you're not posting at the right time? Are you always posting links to, you know, just work with you? Are you not given any value? So you really need to have those content pillars figured out. You really need to look at, you know, what is working. Look at your past posts and see what worked, what really worked and what kind of, you know, again, you, you swung on and missed. Yeah. Step three, brainstorming your post topics. So once you have your content pillars uh, established and you've looked at your previous posts, I always like to go in and think of fresh content ideas. So... I have it on my notes of my phone. Um, so a lot a lot of times I'll be watching uh, different Instagram, you know, scrolling through the Instagram feed or scrolling through a uh, TikTok or LinkedIn posts. I do a lot of reading. There's a lot of different newsletters that I subscribe to. And I'll write all those down in my notes. And anything from like the latest Instagram update, you know, okay, should I... Try and do a trending audio and talk about the latest Instagram update? Or, you know, should I try and write a blog post or do a podcast about, you know, this Instagram update? Is it enough that it needs that, tu- you know, that robust of a conversation created about it? So I think that when you look at what's happening and you there's a number of tools out there, I like answer the public. Sometimes like I'll go to answer and I'll say, I'll just type in like latest Instagram update. And it'll give me what all the search terms are, uh, the most common search terms for that exact keyword phrase. From there, I can just go in and be like, okay, so people are really asking, why did Instagram do another update? Okay, that's going to be my header for this for this next, you know, social media post.
1: Yeah, I this is one of my favorite parts of like content creation is the like curating things. And so I use a program called Asana, where I organize all of my content pillars. And what I'm doing is I'm constantly adding to those pillars when I see ideas. Like you said, you were using the notes app on your phone. So Mm -hmm. it's the same concept. I'm just putting them into a different platform. And so I loved what you said earlier. I wrote it down the word, the phrase social listening. I think that is such an important thing because... It's one thing for us to sit down and go, okay, what do I want to talk about this week on my Instagram or on my podcast? But if you're constantly listening and looking for what are people actually asking for, then you are then able to create content that makes them go, oh, I was just thinking that. Like, why is Instagram adding this update? Like, I had that question in my head and Katie wrote an article about it. Like, it's perfect. And so I think making sure you always kind of have your thumb on the pulse. And one thing I like to do is I answer the public. I like a lot too. I tend to forget to go there just because it's one more like place to go. But I spend a lot of my time in Instagram in the explore page. So I'll Mm -hmm. go in and I will type in like a topic and it'll basically like a Google search, but inside of Instagram, and it will bring up content that people have created around that topic. And I'll use that as inspiration. And then I also like to go into some of the larger accounts that I follow and not even their content, but I go into the comments of what other people are saying about the content they're posting, because Mm -hmm. that's where the audience is. That's where the people are. And that's where you'll have people that are like, why are we doing this? We don't need an update. I really want an update on X, Y, or Z. Like, I wish they would, you know, get rid of 60 second stories. I don't like them. I want 15 second stories, whatever. So I want to hear what are, what are the people saying, not just what are the experts putting out there that I can then replicate, but what is it that the audience is really wanting? And then I use that to create ideas and I just keep them in like a running list under each of my pillars. And mm-hmm. that way, when it's time for me to batch, I'm like, oh yeah, I have like these 12 ideas under social media marketing that I can then turn into content.
0: Yeah. And I think that too, you know, we're we're talking about batching your content. And I think that some people might be like, man, this is a lot. But once you, once you kind of get into this system, it makes it a lot easier for you to never run out of ideas. You're never stuck posting a random picture of your dog again, or what you had for lunch. Everything makes sense. And every time you, this is where you don't need to post every single day, because every time you show up, you're answering someone's question. You're solving their problem. It's talking about your business, how to work with you. So when you go in strategically, you have this batched content. You can always make sure that you're staying, you know, with your finger on the the latest trend. It it makes it so that you can again have that that freedom back with your the rest of your business. You're not going to be yeah. turning into a social media influencer or a content creator. And so I will say. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut
1: you off. <laughs> no, I say too, like if you're listening to this and you're thinking like, okay, this is a lot, like you were saying, I also want you to keep in mind that this is something you create a habit around. It's not something that like you just wake up tomorrow and all of a sudden you are in this habit of looking for content ideas. You have to create this habit to where like mm-hmm. now, like you and I, Katie, like it's kind of second nature. Like we mm-hmm. know that when something pops up on our feed, or we see a news article, or we see an email come through, we're kind of scanning, always scanning for Mm -hmm. ideas. But I had to train myself to look for those. And so if you're new to this, and you're thinking, okay, I want to get to the point where I have all these ideas kind of saved up, then do little steps to create that habit, go into your Instagram with the intention of for 10 minutes a day, I'm going to look for content ideas or mm-hmm. start saving emails in your inbox and make it a habit. And then eventually, you know, down the line, it'll all be second nature. And this won't even be something that you even like consciously realize you're doing.
0: Yeah. And I think that too, using a scheduler is a great tool to help you batch your content. The listeners of, of the Rocky Mountain Marketing Podcast know I'm a huge fan of Loomly. It is a great tool. Um you have converted, converted me. <laughs> I've I've converted Miss Kendra. But I mean, like if, if you don't want to use something like Loomly, there's other apps out there. There's later. Um, if if you want to check out Flick that I was just talking about earlier for the hashtag research and analysis, they also have a built-in scheduler. So if you don't want to be paying for two different softwares and you're like, well, I, I really like what you guys were saying about, you know, analyzing your posts, I'm going to go check out Flick. You can use Flick. Um, to also schedule your posts. And I have a link for that on my website under favorite tools. If you guys are ever interested in anything that we talk about, um, I always try to add it onto the website and we'll add it here in the notes to the podcast. But what's the, those, are, those are the first three steps. And I, I we're, we're gonna get to step four here in just, just now. So... <laughs> Using that scheduler is is not step four, but I think it will make things much easier. Step four is actually writing the captions. And this can be the hardest part. I think (laughs) not all the stuff we talked about before, not the brainstorming, not the content pillars. Really the content pillars, once you have those figured out, it's basically done for a very extended period of time um, until you maybe decide to change your business up a bit. But uh, content pillars are basically, once you set it, you can forget it brainstorming and looking at an, uh, analytics you know that's kind of something that you can check in on on like once a month see what's working what's not working um you know and actually brainstorming new ideas that's something that you always should be doing like Kendra said you can go in for 10 minutes a day while you're engaging and be like okay this is what other people are doing i'm just going to save it to my notes number 4 is actually writing the captions so now that you have all these great ideas for new content it's really time to start writing Good captions. And the most important part that I think if you don't write anything else in your Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, whatever social media platform of your choices, if you write nothing else in here, you need to have a hook. It's that first line that stops the scroll and it draws your audience audience's attention in to make them stop scrolling. So you want to use words and writing styles that will compel and compel them to click. See more, those, those three little dots and see more. You want to have the hook to entice them to click see more. Well,
1: and I think you gave a perfect example of a hook a minute ago with your title of like, why did Instagram create another update? Or why did Instagram feel like we wanted another update? Like anything that kind of piques interest or curiosity, or that is like, a, you know, another the good one is like three tips to do blank. Or three ways to solve X, Y, or Z. Like anything that you are doing that's going to make people go, ooh, I want to know like three tips. That's great. I always like quick, easy tips. Or yeah, why does Instagram keep updating this? Like I (laughs) want to find out. So maybe she knows the answer. So again, you have to kind of get into the mind of your your audience and go, what is going to get them excited enough to click those three dots or to click that read more? Because even on Instagram, you only get like a couple like that one line and then they have to click to see the rest. So it's like an email subject line. If your email subject line just says great info inside.
0: Katie's latest newsletter.
1: Yes. (laughs) Sorry, Katie. I love you. I'm not opening that email. No, I mean, I wouldn't open it either. (laughs) So you want to make sure it's enticing enough that it does create interest, curiosity, excitement, and that you deliver on whatever it is that you say in that first line
0: also. And, and I think that too, with that first line, you know it you want to have the hook, that that hook to get them to see more. But once you've you know enticed them to see more, don't just leave it with one long giant paragraph. Use those line breaks. Um, Instagram now, you don't need to put those little dots in there anymore. You can't actually hit the return or the, the enter button to to give line breaks. But keep in mind that the majority of people who are looking at your content are skimming it. They're looking, they're looking at it very quickly. What in this does, applies to me? What stands out for me? They're see, just looking for the keywords that stand out to them. So whether they wanna see just quickly their answer, they wanna see a statistic or like for, uh, for all the real estate agents out there. Oh wait, it said real estate agents. Wait, hold on. I'm a real estate agent. Why why do I want to read this? Hold on. I, I know I clicked see more, but now I kind of really want to actually read the whole thing. Keep in mind that people are skimming it for those keywords that stand out to them. So use the line breaks and make it very easy to read. And I think that also emojis can help kind of stop somebody with their, with their while they're skimming. Like, oh, wait, why are they doing this laughing emoji? Did they say something funny? So yeah. it, and then always, always, always call to action at the end. What do you want people to do with this post?
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I have two thoughts on that. One is I think the idea of the line breaks and keeping it really easy to read is not just for social media. I know when I open an email from someone, if it is one giant paragraph, I immediately click away. But if it is like short, little easy to consume sentences or one or two sentence paragraphs, or they have a bulleted list. And I've had someone tell me this before. They're like, I love when you do your Instagram post and you put the like little emoji numbers of like mm-hmm. three ways to grow your email list. And then I do emoji one and I give it two, three. And they're like, it just visually makes it really easy for people to consume. And so all those things make it really easy. And then your call to action, I, I cannot say this, like emphasize this enough, how important the call to action really is because I see people all the time who are like, I'm putting out great content, but nobody's engaging with it. And then I go look at their content and they're not asking people to engage with it or yeah. their their call to action is something that requires people to like give a super thoughtful response. I'm like, I'm sorry, I love Instagram, but people are not going on there to give a thoughtful response. They yeah. want a quick, easy way, whether it's like this post, share this post, drop an emoji in the comments. If you agree, you know, give me a thumbs up, like something simple to train your audience to. Engage and then you can maybe come in later with a little bit more of the thoughtful, thought provoking calls to action. But I had a reel recently where I literally said at the end of the reel, follow for more tips. And I had over 40 new followers just yeah. from that one reel because yep. I spelled it out for them. It's like going back to my teaching days of like, you know, first graders, <laughs> it's like, oh, you want me to put the scissors away? I have to actually say, go put your scissors away, you know? Mm-hmm. So tell them what you want them to do.
0: Yeah. And I think that too, you know, like this is one of the things where I will have different posts go out and I will say like, save this post for later, share this with somebody that you you know, needs the subtle reminder or um, that could use this reminder, you know, comment below if you've ever blank, blank, blank. I mean, like exactly with what you said, don't try and tell them to do all the like comment and save. Don't tell them to do too many things. Yeah. Realize like carousel posts, those are great ones to tell people to save for later. So, uh, you know, for reels, make sure to like this post or make sure to follow for more tips. Those are great, you know, calls to action for reels. So I think go in strategically with your call to action at the end and know, like, I'm okay if this post only gets like 40 likes, but it ends up having 400 saves. That's what I wanted people to, to do with it.
1: Yeah. So I want to kind of, before we wrap this last little, this up today, I want to kind of go over a couple of things that I've seen people either have questions about when it comes to batching or that they kind of get stuck on when it comes to batching. So one is, especially when it comes to recording video, the idea of batching is when just keep it simple, like set your phone up somewhere make sure you have an idea of what it is you're going to work on that in that period. So if you're recording something, if you're recording reels or maybe YouTube videos, like have a list going in of these are the five videos I want to make sure I get done in this sitting. And then know going into it, what it is you want to do for each one. So you're not sitting there for half an hour going, oh yeah, what was, okay, there was this audio I wanted to use and I don't remember how they used it. Have all of that done and ready to go. Yep. And then the other thing is, is, I see this question asked a lot with reels is if you're using trending audios and you batch record your audios or your reels, then what happens if by the time you get ready to share that reel, the audio is not trending anymore. So what I usually say to that is, is one right now at the time of this recording, now this could all change tomorrow, who knows? But at the time of this recording, Instagram has even said that they are really kind of emphasizing original audio. So, I don't worry and even if something is trending 2 weeks ago and I hop on the trend 2 weeks later, I don't, it doesn't bother me. Like I'm not someone who is so concerned with trends and I encourage people not to focus too much on trends and focus more on just getting the content that your audience is going to want and that it doesn't matter if it's something valuable and the trend is already over or you know past its prime but it's valuable, your audience is still going to want to engage with it. So don't let that be something that stops you. So going into it with a plan and then not worrying about, you know, when this goes out in two weeks, is it still going to be trending? Because as long as it's value-based, it's fine.
0: Well, and with what you said too, Kendra, I mean, with original audio, it actually is making things easier for, for us to batch our content because then we don't have to worry about constantly being on there and looking for that trending audio. So This is where like in my, you know, social media scheduler, I have in there, you know, all of my reels with me talking or my original audio, there are set ready to go. I have the captions written and everything. But then I have in there too, like once a week, trending audio, reel with trending audio, which is the one I actually, I I posted recently with the little like typing thing. But that was a trending audio. So I knew, I already knew like going into the day, I'm going to be looking for, of you know, some trending audio, and I'm going to create a, a post about it. But I knew that that's how I was going to be spending my social media time for the day. And I could spend that time creating an ori- original reel or a, a new reel with trending audio, because everything else was already batched for the rest of the week. So I think that using a social media scheduler is, is one of the best tools that you can have, no matter if it's You doing your social media, um, an assistant, if you have a marketing team, implementing one of those helps take away so much of the overwhelm and can help you really take away some of the, the headaches that can come with social media and thinking about, well, what the heck am I going to post today? Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Rocky Mountain Marketing. Make sure to subscribe so that you can continue navigating the world of entrepreneurship. And I'd love to hear from you please leave the show a review and connect with me on social media. You can find me on Instagram at I am Katie Brinkley or connect with me on LinkedIn. And if you're ready to start making some sales on social media, be sure to grab my free guide to selling in the DMs without being spammy. You can get that at katiebrinkley.com. Let's keep taking your marketing to all new heights.